T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea nourishes and inspires. It is an ancient plant-based medicine that simultaneously heals and energizes the body as it soothes the mind. Making fine tea is a blend of artistry and craftsmanship. The $200 billion tea trade is fundamentally local, yet exerts global influence, employing millions to enhance the well-being of all. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Tea remains resilient in a murky economy. Easing inflation suggests tea will remain resilient during a period of economic uncertainty. Tea shop technology at World Tea Expo. And David's Tea delists from NASDAQ. Plus, this week, Tea Biz takes a sip of Yerba Mate with Amelia Quiles, president of the newly established American Yerba Mate Association, to promote a plant-based energy drink with as much caffeine as coffee. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliftia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Tea sales and food service are far more volatile than during the years before the pandemic when globally food service accounted for about 20% of annual tea sales. Quote, the accompanying stay-at-home orders, prohibition of indoor dining and social distancing requirements kept people far away from their favorite restaurants, delis, and convenience stores, according to Tea Association of the USA President Peter Goji. He estimated that the 2020 loss of revenues was somewhere between 50 to 75 percent. Fortunately, this sector began returning in 2021, he writes. Momentum slowed, however, in 2022 as food inflation forced steep increases in menu prices that kept diners at home. Wages remain high, labor is scarce, and consumers are trading down. Inflation eased a bit in March, which is encouraging but food inflation remains stubbornly high. According to the U.S. Conference Board measure of CEO confidence, restaurant CEOs have reversed a recent low of 32 in December, rising to 43 last month, with 88% of small business owners reporting a positive outlook for 2023. Nation's Restaurant News reported that food away from home trends at a lower inflationary clip than grocery, Citing market research from Circana, restaurant traffic was up by 2% versus February 22, with the National Restaurant Association confirming 51% of operators reported higher customer traffic. The uptick was revealing, as quick-service restaurants experienced a 3% gain, while full-service restaurants reported a 2% drop year-over-year. Morning restaurant visits are up 10% and now ahead of pre-pandemic totals. Lunch visits are slightly down by 1%. 
Delivery was the lowest performing revenue channel in the industry last quarter, dropping from 57% in the quarter ending December to 44% of sales compared to the previous year. What is the impact on tea? Evidence shows that out-of-home diners are trading down, but not at recession levels. The deciding factor will be a combination of rising inflation and interest rate hikes to combat inflation. Euromonitor beverage analyst Matthew Berry writes that tea, quote, is uniquely cushioned from the impact of inflation because of the highly inelastic nature of demand, end quote. He predicted last year that hot drinks overall will do better than many other categories during the global inflationary period because of the inelasticity of their demand patterns. The biggest concern will be food service, which is already reeling from the economic effects of the pandemic, the loss of consumers to remote working, and struggles to find labor, end quote. In 2015, the United Nations FAO calculated the price elasticities for black tea, citing a variance of between negative 0.32 and negative 0.80, which means that a 10% increase in black tea retail prices will lead to a decline in demand for black tea between 3.2% and 8%. Estimates for price elasticities for green tea range between 0.69 and negative 0.98. Shabnam Weber, president of the Tea and Herbal Association of Canada, told attendees at the World Tea Conference in Las Vegas that EMI market research recently assigned tea an elasticity value of negative 0.14%. What does that mean? If the price of tea increases by 10%, all things being equal— the growth rate will decline by only 1.4%, she said. The economy right now is really, really hard, said Weber. But Nielsen Consumer Research data shows that shoppers cut back on wants rather than necessities. The only thing with lower price elasticity than tea is milk, she said. T-Biz correspondent Ellen Canner, herself a tea shop owner for more than 12 years, writes that running a tea house involves support systems that weren't there even 10 years ago. Today, systems are better integrated to talk to each other or export reports to use in spreadsheets for analysis. She observes that integrating inventory software with a point-of-sales system for an online website is super helpful. Several presentations at the World Tea Conference plus Expo in Las Vegas, Nevada, combine these aspects to make efficient tools in this post-pandemic tea world, writes Canner, who recaps the session, Operating Your Tea Shop with the Help of Technology, a presentation by Alfonso Wright and Jamal Wright of Brooklyn Tea that covered many areas for efficiency in human resource management including payroll and scheduling. Read her report on the T-Biz portal at t-bizbiz.com. David's Tea began trading in Canadian dollars on the TSX Venture Exchange last week after delisting from NASDAQ effective April 14th, where its price per share had declined to around 50 cents. 
The company debuted in a 2015 IPO at $19 per share, grossing $65 million. David's Tea, which operated 190 stores at that time, would later become North America's largest tea retail chain, with 231 locations in the U.S. and Canada, employing 2,500 workers. Annual sales eventually topped $200 million in Canadian dollars. In a press release, the president and chief operating and financial officer of David's Tea, Frank Zatella, said that, quote, listing on the Canadian stock exchange makes sense. We have significant brand awareness in Canada. All of our retail stores are in Canada, and a majority of our revenues are generated in Canada. A TSX venture exchange listing also creates opportunities to reduce administrative and compliance costs without compromising investor confidence. End quote. Fourth quarter, fiscal year 23 sales estimates of around $30 million, released February 2nd, indicate a 25% decline year over year. The company announced cost-cutting measures, including temporary layoffs at the headquarters in Montreal. Cash reserves are down to $12 million. Business Insight As the financial blow of the pandemic became evident in 2020, David's T adeptly pivoted online, eventually abandoning all but 18 of its 231 locations in the U.S. and Canada, When lockdowns ended in August 2020, wholesale and online sales accounted for $26 million of the $30 million that quarter, rising 96% year-on-year. The company prospered as wholesale and e-commerce revenue increased by 190% in early 2020. The company emerged from Canadian bankruptcy in June 2021 with dramatically lower overhead costs. Since then, competition has increased online, marketing costs have increased, and many consumers have returned to brick-and-mortar locations to buy their tea. Our Vinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on Sale 14 tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for Sale 14 for the week ending 8 April 2023. With the arrival of rains in both Assam and West Bengal, the first flush for 2023 is looking good in terms of production. However, the markets have remained sluggish. Rains in Himachal Pradesh too were welcomed by tea farmers in Kangra, who are now expecting a normal harvest. Kangra tea was also in the news for receiving the European GI tag last week. Although Kangra tea has had a GI since 2005. With this recognition by the EU, farmers hope that he will be- fetch better prices in the European market. The West Bengal state government has issued notifications towards regularization of unauthorized small tea plantations in the state. Those that came up before 2001 have already been through this process, but the new notification will aid most of the 43,000 small plantations that emerged between 2001 and 2017. The United Planters Association of South India has begun screening entries for the 18th edition of the Golden Leaf India Awards at Kunur. In auctions, North India saw its first auction of the season with sale of 14. 2,326 tons were on offer with a cumulative sale percentage of 69%. North India CTC offerings were higher compared to the same sale week last year, although prices were lower than 2022. 
In the south, Kochi auctions were closed for the Holy Week. In weather, the Met Department predicts mostly clear skies and Darjeeling, partly cloudy sky with some rain expected in Upper Assam. Some rain is predicted over the weekend and later in Kangra. In the south, two cloudy skies with some rain predicted in the Nilgiris and Munnar. Shen in Beijing reports on domestic tea prices compiled by 17 associations of growers of traditional tea varietals shared by the China Tea Marketing Association. Qingming is around the corner, and China is marching into full production this spring tea season, with most regions now harvesting tea. Cooler weather is a factor, with unusually intense thunderstorms in Fuding and Zunyi that damaged white tea and green tea. The full spring harvest has begun on March the 28th for Huangshan Maofeng and was delayed by six days compared with last year. This year, we saw a significant increase in fresh tea prices for traders and tea processors for Huangshan Maofeng, about 40 to 60 percent. Luan Guapian started harvesting on April the 3rd, reached the second level of picking period, meaning a small amount can be picked. Nationwide, the number of tea pickers almost meets the demand for tea picking. Except in Xinchang area, where labor scarcity is slightly insufficient. Domestic prices for Westlake Dragon Well in Hangzhou, Zhejiang, ranged from US $450.62 to $595.98 for 500 grams. Biluochun, Spiral Spring Green in Suzhou and Jiangsu ranged from a low of US $581.45 to $1,235.58 for 500 grams. And Huangshan Maofeng, harvested in Huangshan, Anhui, averaged US $130.86 to $261.72 per 500 grams. The price of tea is affected by many factors, region, variety, and quality, to name a few. Prices vary by sales channel and fluctuate due to supply, consumer demand, and merchant stocks. This is Si Chen reporting from Beijing, China. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple-to-operate, smartphone-controlled device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, 
waste and energy. That's because I engineered a brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. This week, T-Biz takes a sip of Yerba Monte with Amelia Kalos, president of the newly established American Yerba Monte Association, based in the U.S. in Birmingham, Michigan, a northern suburb of Detroit. Yerba Monte production is at a recent high as exports expand globally, reaching $183 million in sales in 2021. MarketWatch values the global market for Yerba Mate at $1.65 billion. Five consecutive years of trade surpluses in the Caribbean and South American countries that produce the caffeinated herbal have encouraged suppliers to target the United States, a promising destination outside Latin America. According to UN Comtrade, Argentina, with annual export sales of $85 million, is the largest producer at 837,000 metric tons. Per capita consumption there averages 6.5 kilograms per year. Brazil is a slightly more lucrative export market, valued at $87 million in 2021. Brazil produced 558,000 metric tons of yerba mate that year, most of which was consumed locally. Paraguay is the third largest producer at 40,000 metric tons in 2021. Syria is the largest mate importer outside of South America, buying 62.2 million annually, mainly from Argentina. Amelia Kalas is president of the newly established American Yerba Mate Association, AYMA. She describes Yerba Mate as a plant-based energy drink with as much caffeine as coffee. She explains that it is important to keep Yerba Mate products sold in the U.S. true to their roots as non-GMO, free of chemicals, and genuine in the origin, production, and quality standards. I spoke with Amelia in Las Vegas at the World Tea Conference and Expo. Welcome to the podcast, Amelia. I know and enjoy the beverage, but your words will be more eloquent. Will you introduce our listeners to Yerba Mate? So Yerba Mate is a very traditional product of South America. It is called a holy bush, and it was used by the... Indians, the Guarani Indians, and it served as a link between the Indians and the Jesuit priests that were coming to the area many, many centuries ago. Um, I like to say that yerba mate is not coffee, is not tea. It is actually a drink with as strong as coffee, with just as much caffeine as coffee, but with even more benefits than uh, green tea itself. We are working on the introduction of a genuine yerba mate that has been uh, certified in origin. We can trace a product from the growers all the way to the market in North America to make sure it retains all its properties and that what the consumers are getting 
to their table, to their mate, and to their gourd is the actual traditional herb that has been properly processed. Um, we are moving away from all sorts of agrochemicals. We are trying to be friendly to our environment, preserve the Amazonic uh, forest. And so yerba mate is grown as a bush under native trees of the South American jungle that also preserves the humidity of the soil and it provides uh, for an upscale uh, product. There's currently a lot of consumer interest in herbal teas and infusions. Will you explain how yerba mate differs from, let's say, chamomile or an infusion made with spice? So yerba mate has a very distinct flavor, a combination of many of the antioxidants in the product, as well as um, the, the many different um, amino acids that come in the product. Green tea has a lot of amino acids and, and that's why it's widely uh, acknowledged and known uh, for its wellness effects. Yerba mate brings 15 more amino acids than any form of green tea and it contains just as many antioxidants. Um, one of those which is very known and well-known in yerba mate and the reason for some of the flavor in yerba mate are called saponins. So this is a reason why we're introducing it as a superfood and we are backing it up with extensive research that has been conducted in the United States over, over many years. Um, I think that we are finally embracing some beverages that are not extremely sweet. We are developing um, a flavor for uh, beverages that have more of a uh, sometimes a smoky flavor, um, a little bit of a bitterness and that appeal to all of our senses rather than a product that is so overly sweet that all we get is a big jump out of the amount of uh, sweetness and then a big crash. Similar to what happens with caffeine in coffee, which is unlike the effect that you get in yerba mate. Uh, yerba mate has a lot of caffeine, but I like to compare it to a new technology that you see in medication, which is the extended release. Well, yerba mate has an extended release of caffeine into the body that lasts about five hours. And so you don't have this big spike, this jittery effect of the caffeine, and then a big crash. It sort of slowly raises you um, and your energy level and keeps you there for about five hours. It is a very traditional drink for students in, in South America because it awakens you and it keeps you focused. This is an ancient drink with cultural significance in societies where it is popular. Will you talk to us about Yerba Mate's role in society? Yerba Mate should be seen, explored, and practiced in what I call three different dimensions. It is good for the body. Um, it has its strength in the bones. It promotes, it certainly promotes hydration. It supports a healthy heart, and it, it's fantastic for your immune system. It has 
um, a considerable amount of magnesium and vitamin C as well as uh, the B complex. For the mind, it has fantastic benefits like we just discussed, you know, for focus and for prevention of neurodegenerative diseases. But there's another dimension to yerba mate, which is in the practice of how we drink uh, and consume yerba mate, which is the spiritual um, side of yerba mate. And that is you will drink yerba mate and have mate with your friends, with um, anyone that you want to share a moment, you, you'd like to uh, socialize and uh, it's similar to uh, what, you know, traditionally was uh, how the peace pipe was, was used. And so yerba mate is not something that it brings a state of aggression or euphoria, but it's rather a state of calmness, uh, feel fulfilled, uh, it opens you up to conversation. It makes you more uh, vulnerable to a transparent and genuine interaction with family, uh, friends. Uh, many colleagues will uh, drink yerba mate when having a brainstorming session. It is a good starter, but it's also a good way of taking a break relaxing, having some mate, and recharging your energy to continue on. Tell us more about your work in making AYMA a leading authority for information about yerba mate. The American Yerba Mate Association is working with the growers to implement a process that will keep the product entering this market genuine and traceable from the farmers to your table. Um, we are in the process of launching and implementing that entire product, but I would suggest that any consumer in the future looks for the American Dermatic Association certification. That certification will mean that the product is genuine, that there are no agrochemicals in the product, that during the entire cycle, the drying and production process that we have kept with the uh, tradition of um, storing the product and allowing the, the flavors of the yerba mate uh, to come to life, as well as the packaging. We are going to introduce yerba mate in the U.S. in compostable packages that can keep it fresh, um, yet keep it uh, friendly with the environment, just like we do with our entire uh, production cycle. It makes no sense to try to preserve the trees, only to later cut those trees to make packaging for the product. To learn more, visit the PBiz website or American Yerba Mate Association. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of TBiz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the TBiz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.
Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.